Good evening. Uh, today is Ju Wednesday, June 7th, 2023, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Appendix 1, the AA tradition, and our speaker tonight is Haya P. Thank you, Haya. Thank you so much, Francesca, and thank you, I think, Victoria, for um, reaching out to me and asking um, if I could speak on this meeting, and it's a uh, it's great to be, I finished my last client um, right before this, so I put it right in my calendar and CYOC has been there and thank God for calendars. Um, thank God for calendars that are with my phone because that one thing I don't lose, but everything else I probably would lose. So um, anyway, first and foremost, before I'll just say my name, my name is Chaya P. It's spelled like you're saying, I mean, it's spelled C-H-A-Y-A, but you can pronounce it like you're saying hello, Chaya. And um, I live in Denver at the moment, and I, um, I am a very, very, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, bulimic, restrictor, um, and I'm really glad to be here. Before I share on tradition, on the traditions, the appendix that, that talk about the traditions, which are the principles that help us um, really function as a as a unorganized organization <laughs> um, so that we can continue to pass on this message. Um, I really just first wanna welcome anyone who's new to OA, anyone who's coming back to OA, anyone who's been in OA and struggling, you're all, and of course, people that are here and have not been struggling, and but but really, really, really welcoming anyone for who um, food has currently been, you know, just kicking their tush and, um, or perhaps it's bulimia and restricting and anorexia. And it's all, you know, I got, I got to have all, all three of those. And, um, you know, it's the, it was, we give a name to these symptoms, you know, that we have. And, um, so I'm just really grateful to be here and very privileged. Um, I feel like it's a privilege and an honor to um, be able to stand here. And I'm actually standing on my desk, standing up at the moment. I am standing, um, standing before you um, to share tonight. And it's really good to see friends. And you know, one of the things I just want to say, I'm going to go through the appendix. So it's on 561, appendix one. And sometimes when people go to meetings and they're talking about the traditions, it's like, ah, we're talking about the traditions, but there's so much in the traditions um, that, and pardon me, I, I had some blood work done today and a shot and my arm is killing me. So I've got ice on my hand, on my arm occasionally. Um, so I, I was just going through it and, you know, underlining some things and making some points that I thought would be good to bring up. And so I'm just going to read in the in the beginning, it says to those now in its fold, and I'm just going to change it to Overeaters Anonymous so that it'll just a mind meld so that we can feel, you know, like it's speaking specifically to us. To those now in its fold, Overeaters Anonymous has made the difference between misery and sobriety, abstinence, Sobriety is a much bigger word than abstinence. I'll talk about that. And often the difference between life and death. And sometimes it's a living death. Like you're alive, but you feel dead. Um, OA can, of course, mean just as much to uncounted overeaters not yet reached. Therefore, 
no society of people ever had a more urgent need for, get this, continuous effectiveness and permanent unity. We overeaters see that we must work together and hang together, else most of us will finally die alone. And so the 12 traditions of originally AA and what we use, right? They believe that th there were two questions. These, these are two urgent questions. How can OA best function? And how can OA best stay whole and so survive? And so um, when I was looking, so, so let's just take that apart for one second because it's really pretty powerful, right? Overeaters Anonymous, is truly for so many the difference between misery and sobriety and why i say sobriety is because um i had a friend that i knew um from aa meetings way way back and um she said to me my father was dry for 19 years thank god he finally drank because being a dry drunk being a dry overeater, bulimic restrictor, meaning you're not doing the thing that makes you feel better, but you're not doing, you're not taking the medicine called the 12 steps, which make you feel better so that you don't feel so awful about the fact that you're not using the thing that makes you feel better to feel better. If I, we don't, it's like, it, it's so important that abstinence is not and and being dry from alcohol and being abstinent from my alcoholic foods and alcoholic behaviors and i have to just be totally transparent and say those behaviors some of those behaviors just kick my tush and i just have to be patient you know some of them are just habits that are just long you know they're just long standing they don't make me not they don't make me um overeat and things like that but they're just like i feel like i want to go to like um a uh, finishing school <laughs> you know, to learn some manners. Um, something tells me they don't go like that on your plate in, in uh, finishing school. So, um, but when I'm abstinent from my alcoholic foods and alcoholic food behaviors, if I don't do something to change, to address um, the, the symptoms of the illness, because that was the solution. That was really the solution. It's when we come in, it feels like it's the problem, but it's really the solution. You know, I'm a I'm a therapist in real life. And um, so I spent a lot of time on this screen. Um, and uh, I why am I telling you that it just fell out of my head? Hold on a second. There was a there was a point here. Um, oh, and so what I talk about a lot with clients is that you know, we have aspects of us that do things and the impact is really awful. You know, it can be really bad. Everything from hurting myself physically, hurting other people emotionally, physically, it could be relationships, losing jobs, like all sorts of things. But the intention of that aspect of me is not that. The intention of that aspect of me, of that part of me, that feel those feelings, the, the disease, it's not really to, to hurt me. It's trying to make me feel better. It's it's trying to put away pain. I really truly believe this. And um, because I've been living this program for I'm 56, I just turned 56 in March. 
And um, I've been in programs since I'm 18, minus one year, about eight years ago, um, which gave me a whole, really beautiful um, appreciation for, um, it was almost like I needed an experience of, of not being in a way when I like coming back as an as a grown up, you know, thank God it wasn't too bad of a it, the worst part of it was the crazy head right the worst part of it was the dryness so. So we this program is the difference between misery and sobriety so at so we get sobriety when we're abstinent and work the 12 steps and have that spiritual experience awakening whatever is for you and then help others and um, and the book even describes what it looks like right which is that working with others is the joy of our life and getting on a meeting and sharing is the joy of our life and getting a whatsapp from a friend that i've known for 30 something years and say you still go to those meetings you know and being able to go yes and my door is always open and i love you and i'm so glad you're here and um so misery and sobriety and for for a lot life and death and so these traditions are really important because without them the the it, it wouldn't work you know imagine if right so let me go through a few of the traditions so there's the short version which is what we read in meetings there's the long version um which really speaks a little bit more in depth and where I, oh i didn't set my timer where am i on time oops you yeah. are 45 seconds away from your 10 minute warning. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to say nine minutes. Okay. So I'm going to run through. Um, okay. So the first one is each member is but a small part of a great whole. And I feel like it's a microcosm of, of the bigger picture of life. Like I'm a small part of a big whole. There's a loving creator, you know, that we have to come into contact with. I call it the God of us all. Um, I use the word God. I did not believe in God. By the way, I had it, I ran out of my first OA meeting because we talked about God. And so I'm very grateful that there's no, that this is not religious, that this is not, you know, speaking about a specific deity, that we, we that you choose your own conception. And I, that's where I started. I need, it needed to be broader, um, but that was a good starting point for me. That's it? Okay, perfect. So, um, we're a small part of a big whole, and so we really must be thinking about the whole. Um, for a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself, or as God may express God's self in our group conscience, right? So being able to um, not have a, uh, that, that's what kept me in the program, by the way, because it, it literally, I ran, out of, I ran out of my first meeting. Um, but somebody took me to the ocean and said, I can't stop a wave. And I said, can't stop a wave. She said, exactly, power greater than yourself. Not that the wave was the power, but the wave is an indicator that there is a power. Um, our membership ought to include all who suffer, right? And so, rat, and, and I think sometimes in meetings now, we, we, we're, we're very, and this meeting is wonderful, right? Because it really makes a point to say everyone's included. Sometimes we tend to get onto the everyone, everyone is so included that people that maybe don't feel included are so included that people that aren't in that category don't even feel included, right? Because we, sometimes we're, we're so into, um, uh, inclusivity that we actually exclude you know it's a it's a it's a it'd be really um mindful that we're all human 
I'll tell you, I've worked in birth, I've worked in death. I was a birth doula and I was, I worked in hospice. I've been with people when they're born, I have people when, when they die. And I've had five of my own children. We all come in the same, we all go out the same. All of us. That's the unification. And for this purpose, we all suffer from this disease in some manifestation. It's not always the same. You may not relate to my story. I'm not really telling my story so much, but I'm speaking more, you know, um, outside of my particular story. But I could tell you, I've been 50 pounds overweight and I've been ridiculously thin. And when I'm overweight, I don't get a sense of really where I am. And when I'm thin, I still think I'm fat. And it's, I still have that, by the way, body dysmorphia. I don't know if it'll ever go away, but the good news is I have a nutritionist and I have a doctor and I just followed my plan of eating that supports me abstaining from my alcoholic foods and food behaviors so that I can live in a healthy body. Um, <clears throat> and this disease is progressive, by the way, it changes. Like it's had, I've had like new, new experiences of it and new surrenders, you know, of, um, I had to gain weight this year. And um, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I love my mother dearly, I love her dearly. I'm very close with her. She's turning 80 next week. We're going to see Hamilton. Um, but, you know, when I was about 16 years old, and this was not the first time something like this happened, but it is a very strong memory that I have, um, which is we were in a diner and I was walking to go pay the check. We were in a booth and I, the Arch Diner in Canarsie in Brooklyn, and I went to go pay, my mother gave me a credit card and I went to go pay the at the cashier. And when I came back, she said, your your ass is so big. Now I know that my mother heard that from her mother. So I get it. But like when you're, when you're, that's instilling you as a young child in 16, I was already old. <laughs> that had been going on for a long time. It's at 56. It's still, there's still a part of me that goes, we can't, we can't gain weight, you know? And so thank God I have a plan of eating by a nutritionist that supports abstaining from my alcoholic foods and alcoholic food behaviors. I have a fellowship that these traditions keep in motion. And, um, and most importantly, I have a loving God and that I had to come to believe in what, you know, and I call the God of us all. However you, I think there's one, I know there's one and however we perceive it and experience it and it changes because my relationship with God 30 years ago was very different than my relationship today, right? It's something that grows. Um, it's telling us also in, in number four to respect each other, right? That respect each other's groups. If you don't, this meeting you don't care for, that's okay. You don't have to disparage it. You go to a different meeting, right? Um, principles before personalities is the last one. That's like huge, right? Because that works in life. These, these traditions really work in life, not just you know, we can use them in work environments, in families, right? Or in families. Um, we have one primary purpose, and I, I really feel like I'm so grateful for that because it keeps our message very clear about why we're here. And, um, you know, and, and um, I'll tell you, like, five remaining. Thank you. The 12 step, this is what I've always said, and I would say in the profession that I'm in now and working with people in recovery, like I really feel very strongly about, and my own experience, the 12 steps allow me 
to be in a position where I can get the help I need for all the different aspects of what I need. The 12 steps don't, the 12 steps is not gonna, the 12 steps are a system that allows me to not have to stick my finger down my throat, binge and purge, take a million laxatives, exercise like a crazy person, get on the scale 50 times a day. It doesn't make me do that anymore. Does it have, I don't have to hide food. I don't have to have food be hid from me. I don't have to do any, I don't have to go on diets. Like I don't have to do any of that anymore, thank God. And they allowed me to get a relationship with myself and with God and with others. It doesn't heal trauma. It doesn't heal certain you know, other issues. It doesn't. It doesn't cure psychiatric. You know, there are people that are born with these things. And when we make this the place, you know, when I came in 30 years ago, if you were on an antidepressant in AA, they told you you weren't sober. I think that's negligence. I've been, I've been invited to participate in 12-step studies where if you're on medication of any kind, you're not allowed to be in it. You have to go off your medication. It's like, whoa, that is so negligence this our role here is to help the compulsive overeater and since i'm like two minutes out and i'm not going to obviously get to every tradition but you can see that um you know we have these and these bind us so that we can still do this you know and I, one of my things is aa you know oa I'll never be organized i just love that it's like yeah we're a bunch of unorganized it's an unorganized but somehow it works um and so I just feel like, um, you know, so grateful that the, that why, oh, this is what I wanted to end with. You know, my door is always open. My door is always open. When what, somebody, you know how many sp sponsees I've sponsored and then they just stop calling? I have um, a, one of my best friends who I met in this program, I sponsored her and then like, she weaves in and out of my life, right? And I talked to her, two of them actually, two of these women, I talk to them a lot when they're in program and I talk to them not as much when they're not in program, but not because like we're friends beyond program. And I just visited LA and my friend who picked me up, I met in program, she's not in program anymore. Doesn't matter, it goes beyond beyond these rooms and that's such a beautiful thing and so i have gained you know sometimes people are very harsh with people and um that never worked for me because being afraid of you keeping me absent being afraid of you is turning you into an idol instead of getting me in a relationship with god and so i just have a lot of compassion and i find you know what people i really believe work we're gonna come to our own, we're gonna come to our own truths at times and you can't force anybody. And at the end of the day, and I'll finish with this sentence, it's all grace. It's all grace. Anybody who thinks I keep myself abstinent, in my experience, something's wrong there. Something's missing because I know that if, if it was about me keeping myself abstinent, I would have done it a long time before I, you know, or many of us, right, would have come in before. So what's the difference that all of a sudden I got it? It wasn't that magic thing or this. Yeah, you heard something because this creator that's bigger than us all 
that's loving and powerful and forgiving graced you with the ability to hear it and have willingness. So I really feel it's great. So I'm extremely grateful and I don't take it for granted. And thank you so much for letting me share. Yay, sorry. Um, yay, thank you so much, Haya. That was so beautiful. Um, and we will now, um, we will now open the meetings for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied. As we, ex as we, we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep this meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a time for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker has asked a question, please allow for three minutes for the answer. And um, yes. Okay, I'm just gonna share. Um, put those hands up. But oh my gosh, Haya, that was so. Oh, Francesca, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, I took a lot of notes. That was so wonderful. Um, the difference between life and death, and then when you said a oh, a living death, I wanted to be dead. Like I, that, I just I wanted to be dead all the time. I would be driving, and I'd be like, why can't I just crash my car? You know, and I just even thought like I was coward for not being able to do that. So that was um. Um, beautiful. And and I really love how you brought this piece up about medication. I um, am bipolar, um, which I'm ha happy to share about because having a good relationship with my psychiatrist has, has been a really big piece. And a fellow actually helped me with that. Um, you know, we talked about what happened and she was like, are there anything else going wrong? And, you know, I've heard it said, like, if you break your leg, the 12 steps isn't going to heal it. But you said, though, that, um, you know, it puts me in a position where I can get what I need in all the different aspects of my life and unblocking that channel um, so that I can ask and um, having like this principles of before personalities, um, you know, being able to live via principles and not um, sort of what should I do based on what I think, you know, you should, you think I should do. And this thing about like not idolizing people and not, um, being sort of afraid of our sponsors. Um, I also loved how you said the God of all of us. Um, That's just like a really beautiful image um, and that it's all grace. Um, everybody gets grace. And yeah, these traditions, it's really cool because there's, to my knowledge, there's nothing else like this, you know, like in the world. And like, I have had sponsors who are 40 years older than me, like live in a different place, different race, religion, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I don't even know politically, but I don't need to know. And how wonderful, like how amazing. Um, and I love too how like, you know, you um, mentioned that like OA will never be organized because it's like, I have this idea that like everyone else has it together except for me, you know, like this imposter syndrome, like I'm just this mess. I can't, I can't do it all. And so when you share so beautifully and I can just like feel this, like, energy coming from you and you're like oh yeah I'm a mess I'm like what <laughs> like and so it's like I just get so much like hope from that um and 
gentle reminder. This, oh, okay. Thank you, Amy. Um, good, because I was getting a little, a little too excited there. So thank you so much, Haya. And um, next we'll have Angela. Hey, everyone. I'm Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Um, thank you, everyone who's doing service tonight. And thank you, Haya, so much. Um, so good hearing from you. And I related to so much that you shared tonight. Um, you know, this piece about, um, you know, how how different we are and how I feel like I never fit in um, and how uh, these traditions uh, keep these rooms safe, you know, it's so, so important. Um, you know, I uh, have been going through a difficult time. Uh, I lost my mom about uh, just over a month ago. And uh, what a tumultuous relationship that was. Holy crap. I mean, it was just, and you know, those, you know, in my experience, those are the most difficult relationships to lose. Um, the ones that, you know, I'm grieving, what I'm grieving for in that relationship is what it, what it never was, right? What she never could be, what the relationship never could be, um, what, what I could never get from her. Um, and I know, ultimately, I know that she did the best that she could with what she had and what she knew. And that's kind of what I heard you say, you know, like people are showing up uh, the best they can. And um, I loved what you said about um, how, you know, that tough approach doesn't work for you. You know, it really, it, it never really worked for me either. Like I can do that to myself. I don't need someone else to do that to me, right? So, um, you know, there's just so much about what you said, you know, just kind of helped me to recalibrate tonight. Um, a fellow that I spoke to a couple of days ago said to me, just in a very unassuming, loving way, she said, you've been really quiet lately, you know, and I heard that and, um, and I have been, and I kind of feel like I'm in a place of like, I've had to shut down in order to process what I needed to do. And little by little, this room in particular helps me to feel really safe and to know that I'm not so unique and that I actually am seen and heard uh, for who I am. And so you're just this epitome of, you know, what recovery can look like, um, you know, for those of the people in this room that, you know, might not have experienced these promises and this beautiful grace that you are, that you talk about, um, you know, just keep coming back, keep just, you know, keep just following this program. It's a very simple program for complicated people, um, myself, and, um, you know, just keep coming back. There is lots of hope in this room. And uh, I thank you so much for your share tonight. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I'm so, yeah. Um, Victoria, please share. No worries. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm Victoria W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you to everybody here at the meeting, doing service at the meeting, and also Haya. Thank you so much for being willing to speak, um, not only just at this meeting, but also on a chapter appendix that is not one of the classic ones that people, you know, are 
frequently asked to speak on, I would say just in my, well, in my limited experience, but um, yeah, you know, it's so, it's so interesting because I have to really focus on taking my own inventory and not that of other people, especially that of other people in the program, but similar to how I find myself you know, having deeper resentments with the people I'm closest to, even if I'm not spending lots of time with other people in the fellowship, we have an intimate connection with this, you know, whether it's a deep, dark secret or this thing that we just cannot overcome without a power greater than ourselves that makes relationships form deeply, really fast. Um, and comparisons are kind of easy to be drawn and things like that. And it's just really interesting because um, like I have a new sponsee who told me yes, the other day, she was like, I thought you wouldn't want to talk to me because I wasn't abstinent last night. And I was like, yeah, like, so, you know, and she was like, yeah, because other people have told me like, I'm not worth their time if I can't be abstinent. And I was like, and you know, I had to really step aside myself and say, okay, I can't comment on who told you that or what it like, but for me, if I could be abstinent on my own, I don't need to be doing all this. For, like, I, like, not that I'm so great and mighty, but I thought I was so great and mighty that I wouldn't be spending like 10 to 20 hours a week on this shit if I could stay abstinent on my own, you know? So thank you for pointing that out. And it's just really helpful perspective. Um, and then I wanted to ask a question. Um, do you have anything additional that you'd like to share, you know, a, um, traditional 11 and 12 both talk about anonymity in a different way, but to me, they speak to humility of, you know, the principles versus the personalities versus principles and attraction rather than promotion. And I was just, I just love to hear your thoughts on that because I enjoyed everything you shared tonight. Thanks. Thank you. Would you give me two minutes, not three? Cause I could like talk forever and I want other people to talk to. Thank you so much. Um, so let me close my window. I, I opened it just now, but let me close it so you can hear me. Um, yeah, so okay, so as far as okay, I got into the program mainly like really in LA. Very interesting experience to be in meetings with movie stars. <laughs> By the way, movie stars will I've seen movie stars come out of the bathroom at a anorexic bulimic meeting with vomit all over their shirts, you know, and it's not pretty. You know, it's really not pretty. Um, I think announcing, you know, like, so in terms of the press, you know, it's it's complex. It's it's a complex thing. And I think it's very nuanced in a lot of ways. There are programs where you're not allowed. Okay, in AA, like, everybody knows everybody when they way back, everyone knew everybody, everyone knew who sponsor was everybody, you know what, everybody sponsored everybody because we cared about everyone. So if somebody went out, they didn't officially sponsor, there wasn't even official sponsors, it was just somebody helping each help people helping each other. But like, you needed to know their last name, Bill Wilson introduced himself, Bill Wilson, like, you needed to know their last names, because if they were in the hospital, how do you find them, you know, high a P like who Well, probably not that many highs in the hospital, but, um, you know, but like, so I think sometimes we take it a little too far. Um, I think, um, you know, I always have to say, is this for the benefit of the program? I know in my still small I mean, benefit of, you know, always a whole of helping another person to recover. 
Um, by the way, you can give my phone number to anybody. I, I don't love talking to men in the program. I'm married. I would feel very uncomfortable if my husband was chatting with women all the time. So I don't like to really chat with the guys. If somebody calls me, I'm going to be courteous. But like, you know, I, I prefer to talk with women. So, but you can give my number out because I'm here to help, you know? Now, I get to say that. Someone else doesn't get to say that that because there are professions where it's, you know, you don't want people necessarily knowing everywhere you've been, you know, um, I am very open. Is that two minutes? I'm very open about being an OA everywhere. Um, and, you know, I got I started an AA because I, I, I drank publicly because I couldn't do what I really wanted to do in the public, you know, and I don't share that in my community, what have you. I don't, I share it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I just think there's nuances and sometimes we get so caught up in it, like, oh, you're not allowed to say who your sponsor is. I get to some degree why that is in some cases, but if we're following principles in general, it, it wouldn't matter, it wouldn't matter. So that's my personal feeling on it. It's complex. Here's the, I'm gonna say this one last thing. So I am taking like two and a half. There's all, this is my say, okay. There's only one thing that's one thing, and that's God. Everything else is nuances. It may be that the 12 steps is not the way that someone else is gonna get the help they need, and that's okay. You know, I don't have a monopoly. I don't want a monopoly. There's only one thing that's one thing. Everything else is nuances, that's all. Thank you so much for your share, 